What's your favorite snack? Is it when Lynn is running down the field on the attack? Or is it in the studio with her and Sammy M? Finn's in the background. Won't stop, got no when. Maybe's in there too. Little puppy one. Come on, Snacks. Our podcast is so fine. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Snacks. I'm Sam Mewis. And I'm Lynn Williams. And this is a show about women's soccer, but it's also a show about technical difficulties that we've been on for the last 36 minutes because for some reason my Wi-Fi sucks and everybody's frozen. I feel like... Every week we have technical difficulties and every time I'm like, it's truly nobody's fault. (laughs) Yeah, it's not, but it's just like annoying. Here's what we're doing today on the pod. NWSL recap from the exciting games this past weekend. Um, NWSL alum and one of our best friends, Steph McCaffrey, joins us to tell her story. And she's also going to make up some jingles where if you know Steph, you'll know what I mean. And if you don't know her, you're about to know what I mean. You're about to find out. Okay, so let's, do you want to talk about what's new in our lives or you want to just get into it? Well, well, I mean, what really could even be new? You know what I mean? Yeah, there's, there's really not much um, besides me doing um, uh, a world tour of all the teams I used to play on. Yeah, how's that going? It's going. It's, well, the first one didn't go too well, so let's make the next one great. Yes, let's make the next one great, Lynn. Okay, so we are going to go through <laughs> the games from this past weekend, um, starting with North Carolina, who beat Houston on Friday. One to zero. Yeah, they had to abandon the game because of weather. There was a lot of controversy on that. Like they played for how many minutes? 52, I believe it said. Yep, they started into the second half. But I guess the NWSL rule is in the event a game cannot be completed, the game counts if the entire first half was completed. So they just called the game. But it, it had like a three hour delay. It was like going to be past midnight. So they just called it. I know. I feel like that rule has just changed this year. Like, I feel like in the past it had to be 60 minutes, but now it's 45. And also, I just don't know what, like, the the other solution would be. It would be, like, to come back in the morning and play, which is not a great solution either. So Sometimes there are no great solutions. That is the truth there. But you would think that at this point <laughs> in the league, you would have a, like, a protocol. Like, how long do you delay? Because Well, there is a protocol. It's it's if the half gets played. Well, no, I know. But like, how long are you going to wait? Because like KK tweeted, Kaylee Kurtz tweeted, so glad it ended up drinking a coffee at 1143 p.m. Like, how long are you going to let the players wait before you're like, okay, let's call this game? Or is starting the match back up at 11 p.m. really a great idea as well? That is a great point, Lynn. I don't know what the protocol is, but... There are questions being asked. Yeah, I don't know, but I would think by now we would have something figured out. If you were to rate that game using emojis, what would you use? Um, I would use the the one where it's it's there's like a water drop on the person's head and and like their face is like don't. Oh, like a don't. Okay, I was gonna just use a lightning bolt. Is mine just like way too obvious and boring? Yeah, this one. Look at it in the chat. Oh, like sad, sweaty rain. Sad rain. Like sad, wet rats in the rain. Dope. I mean, your sound effect is arguably better than the emoji. Okay, let's move on. Portland tied Angel City 3-3. Three to three. The talk of this game was the friggin' goalkeeper, Bella Bixby, back heel in the 97th minute. I know. they. She's the second keeper to score a goal, and the other one was Michelle Beto's in Portland as well, playing for Portland. But what yeah, the heck? This was wild. 
I feel like you usually send the goalkeeper forward into the box to like, I don't know, maybe get their head on it or something. Cause like, I don't know. It's usually just a wild last ditch attempt. And she literally, the ball's bouncing around. She back heels it right into the goal. I was like, how? It was sick. Did you see that picture? It was like, it was like, um, <laughs> it was a picture of, it was, um, Dee Dee and Bixby and they were like standing right in fr- and Bixby was standing right in front of her, like obviously marking the keeper, but it's, it was just a yeah. crazy picture. Cause you never see two keepers on one side of the field and you're like, what is going on here? Yeah. That's wild. It's like, whose goal is this? I know. Um, okay. So then <laughs> Orlando beat San Diego three to one and people are calling that so far the biggest upset of the season. Well, yeah, Orlando being 12th and San Diego being in third, I feel like it was a big upset, but good for Orlando. Like, go on, Orlando. Go on with your bad selves, girls. Well, Melanie Barsanius made her debut as the youngest NWSL player ever. I feel like we keep reporting this, and they just keep getting younger 15 years and 181 days. So congratulations to her. That is, like, that's insane because I haven't felt old yet. But now that I just thought about it, like I would have been a sophomore in high school when she was born. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, dear. Our bones are made out of dust. (laughs) (laughs) So old. Also, Racing Louisville and O.L. Reign tied 2-2 in the NWSL's 1,000th match. Yeah. Congratulations to the NWSL. Would you say that this game was a... um, honorable tribute to the league <laughs> yeah and the madness that <laughs> happened in it yes 100 percent. yeah we had a team that was up 2-0 we had a comeback there was a red card like a 90th minute equalizer it was crazy if we had to rate that game with an emoji it would be um a clown face oh a clown face um i was thinking like the you know the tongue the tongue is sticking out <laughs> i was just looking at them the tongue is sticking out and it's like the craziness it's like Ugh. i like that one i like emojis and sound effects apparently yeah you have sound effects for all of them you went Doop, and <laughs> we forgot to do orlando san diego i feel like that's going to be a purple devil horns i was thinking that same thing 100 percent. we have the same right 100 percent. and then what about portland angel city that one how about a glove? Oh, what a keeper. I would just put like the upside down smiley face. Kind of like, huh? what the heck? All right. Yeah. I like that. What would you put for the emoji for your game? Um, well, what side are you on? For my side, I'm putting a sad face, but not the super sad face. Like the one that just has like the frown face, like the, like the wide eyes and frowny. Well, for my side, I think I'm going to put the dancing lady in red. For Dabinia, two goals. La da da. Two goals. Yeah. Um, she did score twice. That's the truth. Am I upset about it? Yes. Well, the Kansas City Current on a friggin' roll here. They lost their first three and then they won their next three. Um, and Gotham continues to play on the road. They are now in North Carolina and they have a midweek game and another game, oh, another away game at the weekend. So they will hope to turn that around. Yeah, we got a tough go here. We we go we went from a three game week to another three game week. So we're just gonna keep trucking along. Obviously, that sucked, and you never want to lose. But sometimes uh, when you lose, you just want to like rectify it right away, and we get to do that. So 
that's in the past and we have to look forward because we play in two days. And tough times don't last. Tough people do. <laughs> that's my favorite saying. My favorite, favorite saying. Okay, so coming up, we have a very fun conversation with Steph McCaffrey. She's singing jingles. She's telling her story. So don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. Okay, Lynn, how, where, how do you want to start this shindig? Just, just start with the guest segment, I guess. All right, looky <laughs> here. We have the NWSL fifth overall pick in 2015, an NWSL standout for years, women's soccer's unofficial class clown, someone who has overcome enormous difficulties and found her way through to thrive. It's Steph McCaffrey. Welcome to Snacks. Thank Woo. you guys for having me. Thank you. I know. It, I mean, what an honor. What can I say? <laughs> What an honor. Steph, I don't think I realized that you were the fifth overall pick. Yeah, I know. I think if people actually watched uh, BC play against Pepperdine against you, um, you probably would have been picked before me. But unfortunately, <laughs> I don't think they had YouTube back then. So I was able to I was able to sneak through on false reputation to get in ahead of you. <laughs> Shut up. Steph, how do you feel about um, your unofficial title of being women's soccer's class clown? I feel like in my time, there was no one better at Class Clown. I just was thinking yesterday, someone at work told me, they basically alluded to the fact that I was very mature in meetings. And I was like, <laughs> "What? how boring. Like, yeah. I've really lost it. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, so- Sonnet's been nipping at my coattails for a while. I don't think she'll ever get there. So I think, <laughs> you know what I mean? Me and, me, and She's calling her out. And Sonnet, <laughs> step your game up. In terms of class clown, I feel like I, w- I was Coke and Sonnet was Pepsi. And the only thing that's going to break me is a new entrant. I don't see. Where do we even go from here? I, I, was I trying, don't even know. I was trying to tell Jay like, oh, Steph's funny. Like, you're, we're going to have to be on our toes here. And I, this yeah. is just kind of exactly what I anticipated. Yeah, I don't know. Are any, of the, are any of the young national team players or NWSL players really funny? I don't. I'm not really too, too sure. Yeah, the, I, I don't I think don't, we'd even know because they're all on TikTok. Yeah, I think that's like a different generation. But I also like I don't I don't know if they're the same kind of funny as you and Sonnet. Like it's just different. Exactly. I think this class clown vibe to be class clown, you have to be like a little like you're getting detention. Like you're yeah. a little bit like edgy. Yeah. yeah. If you're getting class clown. Yeah. And I think the reality is like with nowadays, I just feel like in all aspects of everything, like everything's recorded everything's on film like th- there was no inside jokes like we me and sonnet i think reigned supreme in inside jokes and now every joke is just a tiktok joke or an instagram joke or the world knows about it so you're original is what you're saying we're original like i said we're not doing tiktok j- dances we're coming up with the jokes ourselves that's a difference well so then how did you feel when sonnet was actually doing tiktoks i'm not on tiktok Oh, I'm not really on anything anymore. So what I do now is I have Instagram and Twitter on my laptop and I go I redownload the app for like must see content moments, which for me now is flea markets and rec soccer injuries. <laughs> I was going to say you're not on Twitter. Do you know how many times I've seen you rant tweet about Christy? Yeah. So I know what's funny now is um, I'm in venture capital now and a big part of VC is kind of Twitter culture. Like people will constantly tweet. Um, threads about industries, companies they're excited about, basically themes they're seeing in certain sectors. And all I tweet about is Christie's stats playing for the national team. They're unbelievable. Did you see she completed 62 out of 69 passes for Japan as the six? I did because you tweeted it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
I also it's, saw Steph your recent. We're gonna get to your soccer playing days, your current soccer playing days. But I saw you about your uh, broken toe situation. Yeah, so it's touch and go. Uh, the thing is, when when you're a civilian, like I'm not gonna go get an X-ray because like who cares? So you just go off feel and you go off the Instagram vote. Yeah, the eighty-two percent, eighty-two percent think I broke it. Yeah, and I just feel like. If it still hurts after a week, you broke your toe. Yeah, I will say that I don't think that um, in the athlete athletic world, they care either. Um, yeah. If I had a broken <laughs> pinky toe, they'd say, suck it up. Um, yeah. But at least after soccer, I get to like let my toes out. Whereas I think you're yeah. in shoes all day. So that's yeah. unfortunate. So, but Lynn, you broke your arm. I did. Uh, but it was just a little, it's just a little non-displaced fracture so it's fine oh that's nothing it's nothing compared to a pinky toe exactly yeah. you're, you're like in the vc world a pinky yeah. toe in the vc world <laughs> yeah a pinky toe in the vc world is much much more prohibitive than a hairline fracture in professional soccer so shame on you for making such a big deal of it <laughs> honestly i i'm so sorry to the soccer world for causing a scene yeah i'm sorry too <laughs> um okay Steph on that note let's move on to we want to hear like your story starting from your time in the NWSL into where you are now there's like what is that eight years but there's so much to tell in that time so let's rewind back to 2015 you get drafted fifth overall into the NWSL and you're playing yeah. for Boston for your hometown team what's that like yeah I think it was a different experience just because I was going to school, living at my parents' house, and playing professional soccer. And usually usually you're just kind of doing one of those things, but doing all three of them at once was pretty crazy. I actually liked going to school while I was in my first year because it kind of gave me a distraction from all of the pressure. And I actually think that was the best year I ever had just because it was the... F you kind of had nothing to lose, right? Like I was making 15 grand. I didn't know if the league would stay alive. And I was like, okay, I'll just do this as long as the league is viable. And then I'll go into finance. It's really cool that girls now don't have to answer that question. Yeah. But it was crazy that I think you guys were living, you guys were in Western New York at the time. And we were mm -hmm. all just kind of living with this conundrum that like this could end at any moment. What's your backup plan? And for me, certainly, it wasn't to go play in Europe. And I think that's where maybe my story was different. Like, if the NWSL folded, I was going into investment banking full stop. And maybe that comes from, I always, and Sam knows, Sam knows this, I was always kind of a quiet nerd. But that was my plan, was play as long as I can, play well, be a good teammate. And if everything goes under, like, pack up your bags and go to Wall Street. Yeah, so uh, just to clarify, uh, BC... Are they on semester or trimester? Like, when was the end time of the school year? Finals were mid-May. Okay, and then we had to report back then. Later than now. Yeah. Like probably in, like, April. April? April? Yeah. So you had a month of... Because of... I did the same thing. I remember um, going to preseason for a week and then flying back to Pepperdine. And then I flew up to our first two games with Western York because they were in Seattle and Portland. Like, I flew up to Seattle and then flew down back to Pepperdine, took a final, and then flew back up to Portland. So it was kind of, like, crazy. But I think, like you said, at the time, it I at least wasn't willing to either, like, stop to go in for $15,000. I think I was making... $12,000 at the time. Yeah, that, um, that's because no one watched that game. <laughs> exactly, that one game. <laughs> $3,000 swing. You you stole my $3,000 uh, yeah. from the fifth pick to the sixth pick. Yeah, I was like, I can't do this. So it, it is very cool that now people have the opportunity uh, to 
if they don't want to finish college, they don't have to. It's so funny now that we're talking about the draft picks. I remember reading Charlie Namo's rationale for drafting you, and it was just like, we believe Lynn in a few years will be by far the best striker in this pool because of her physical attributes and nose for the goal. And it was like so true. Like you ended up being that times a hundred. So anyway, yeah, uh, that draft, that draft, our draft year was was sick. Good, it was really good. Yeah, like they're never really. Yeah, you guys had you two, you two, Abby, right? Sarah Killian, Morgan Bryan. I'm just mean in our year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We well, were a powerhouse. To, to, to Western New York was me, Sam, Abby, and Jay from the first yeah, pick. And that's then a killer it was, class. And then it was you, Sarah Killian, Danny Cavalprico. Like, everybody's still playing, I feel. Yeah. Besides yeah, Steph, It was sorry. a really good class. Yep. But, okay, Yum. anyway, so you did. You had a great year in 2015, your rookie season. You got called up to the national team. Is that right? Yeah. And you scored, in, you scored in your first cap. You got traded to the Red Stars. And so talk through those next couple years of, like, you had a taste of the national team. You moved to Chicago. In so many ways, Chicago was kind of the first time I was ever really pushed. Like like I said, it, when I was playing for the Breakers, I was living at my parents' house. I was comfortable. I was kind of playing on this thrill that, oh, like, I have nothing to lose. Like, what the league might not even survive. And then all of a sudden, you get a taste of the national team. You're now on the—I felt like I was on the best team in the league— and had a real shot to, like, make something of a career. And it was so funny. As soon as, like, soccer was less of something fun of more, and more of this could be something that I do for 10 years, the pressure ratcheted up times 100. And I think that for more so that third year, I really struggled with that. Playing time went down and dealt with something that I think everyone on this call and, like, every soccer player deals with at a certain point, which is... How do you deal with not playing, fight to get back on the field, but still be a great teammate? And I think now, obviously, like looking back, that was the most valuable year I ever had because it just teaches you like every week just sucks. Like you go out there, you're a cone on set pieces, like you're just there to serve the 11. And I think that like every person, no matter what industry you're in, like serving a lineup that at the time is best for the team is a, is one of the best lessons you can learn in life. And I kind of carry through that summer in Chicago when I was like brutally benched, barely playing any minutes is like, okay, if you can get through that, this probably isn't as bad as what I'm doing now, whether if it's at Goldman or now in BC. Yeah. I think what, what you said about that, like serving the greater good of the team. Yeah. But what's so hard about that in that moment is that you are like, I want a chance to show that I belong out there. But in this this week, in this training, in this drill, I'm not getting that chance. I'm playing maybe 75% defense or I'm acting as if I'm the other team or I'm literally being a cone in a drill. So you sometimes don't get the opportunity to be like, I could have crossed that. I could have scored that. I want that chance to show you that I'm, I belong there. And that, I think, is what takes this toll on you of like, I want to serve the team and I am here, but I also want a chance. So you're constantly battling that that you're missing your own opportunity, you know? No, I know. And I think now some of my favorite athletes to watch are like people that are either a little bit older or a little under talented and are just like hanging around and watching that 15 minutes when they come on and like watching these people with the weight on the weight of the world on them try to take their chance 
that's now like my new favorite minute in sports like watching the national team no matter who it is obviously like i'm christy first everybody knows that i made that very clear <laughs> not gonna hide from that but i think it's hard not to get excited for any role player particularly on the national team with the world cup roster online coming in and doing some really really impressive things with like such an exorbitant amount of pressure on them it's crazy and I think, Sam, that was something with you that I was so impressed with when you were like coming with your rise into the starting lineup. I remember you were just hanging around, hanging around. And then you played against Ireland. Is that the right game? I think it was one of them, maybe. Yeah. And, and I think that moment was like one of my proudest moments as a friend was watching you take the chance, knowing that your chance was 2% of what other people were getting from a cumulative basis on that year. And being able to maximize that 2% is really awesome, regardless of what sport it is. Yeah. Thank you, Steph. That was so kind. So I have a question. So like you said, you've translated a bit from um, like the soccer world into your VC world and how you're like, well, this can't be as bad as that. But like Sam said, when when you are in that position and you just want an opportunity, you just want a chance and you have to be a team player in that moment and you have to... Um, be the other team and do you think that this is like such a long question no, but for, like for me I feel like anytime I'm like okay I just want to see the field I just want to see the field but I'm not going to get that I have to say okay well what can I do to make them the best and that's going to show what I can contribute I can contribute not only like now I have to be the best Lynn to make them the best them so do you think like that's how people get their opportunity and do you think that translates into the VC world as well or do you just like hang around you're like oh, I just hope the coach sees me no so I actually I actually think my answer to that question is no and I think that what you do is you earn like a small chance in the game by performing well in training so let's take it to venture capital I think mm -hmm. like I know a way that a lot of um a lot of firms do it is they have one big meeting per week or every two weeks to flag companies that they might be excited about I think if you can show in that meeting or in an internal meeting that you know this industry inside and out and you are the best person to be on a call with a founder when you're fighting for a deal, mm -hmm. you're much more likely to get into that meeting mm -hmm. than if you just if you show up and pout to the internal meeting, they're never going to take you to go meet the company. Yeah. And I think that being excellent in your attitude and excellent in the time you get internally, which I would equate that to practice, like with the national team, for example that's kind of how you get your chance and walking the line of being active in training or in internal meetings but not making it all about you is really really hard and it takes a, a set um a level of maturity that i think i didn't experience necessarily until like soccer it wasn't my choice that i had to sit out of soccer for a long time it was like just as i was getting there that was thank you for that answer Steph. we're actually just getting to that in the spring of 2018 you started to get sick and yeah. you soccer kind of got taken away from you, you not by your choice. So we wanted to talk to you a little bit about what happened and how you dealt with the the years after months and the years after that feeling sick, kind of losing soccer. Yeah. Um, and whatever you're like comfortable sharing, I think we'd love to hear that. To add to that, like I would also love to know too, like you said at the beginning of this, your initial mindset was I'm going to play soccer until maybe the league folds or whatever and then I go to the VC world but then you get sick and soccer is taken from you so can you like talk about your mindset as well in yeah. that sense as well as Sam's question 
Yeah, no, I think it was in in some ways like my own league folded because I couldn't. Do I do I think that there's a world and just I'll get into what actually happened because I don't think I've ever talked about it publicly just because my priority was getting better. But do I think now I could go back and train and try to scrap for a challenge cup spot? Probably. But at the time, like doctor's advice was your nervous system has been damaged pretty severely from getting a virus that we think is Epstein-Barr. And when you train, you strain your nervous system. So for that to heal, you're going to take have to take a very, very significant amount of time off. And I just didn't feel like at the time taking what was at least a year, more like two years off from soccer, and then coming back at the time I would have been like 28 was the path I wanted to take in some ways because I had been preparing for doomsday all along. Like I had taken the GMAT to get into business school I was reading the Wall Street Journal every day. So yeah, it's almost like I fulfilled my own prophecy. Like I didn't need to be doing that. I was like, oh, just in case, just in case I have to be ready. And it's like I almost caused my own tornado or hurricane. But yeah, like I'm I'm feeling a lot better now. It was a crazy month trying to figure out what it was. I remember we were in the airport in Houston and I was like, so if my face is twitching. And she was like, oh, you're just, a, I bet you're just dehydrated. And then she looked at it and she was like, oh my God, like your face is really twitching. Um, and kind of went through this crazy wave of ups and downs of medical diagnoses of trying to figure out what it was, getting scans, ruling out everything that was really scary. Sorry to interrupt, Steph. Like, so so you were traveling and your face was twitching. And I think if I'm remembering correctly, you went back to Chicago and you realized something was like off. Like, I think yeah. you were having a few other symptoms that yeah. caused you to to go see some doctors and get try to get some answers. Yeah. And I think this is like a we don't need to rabbit hole into like the pros and cons of the medical industry, but I think people have knee-jerk reactions to, oh, okay, like your nervous system is messed up. Stress ramps up nervous system. You're a professional athlete. You're just stressed out. But I feel like we know our bodies more than anything. And I was like, I'm not stressed out. Like that doesn't make, am I stressed out? Yeah. Am I stressed out to the point where my face is twitching? My legs are restless. My left leg's going numb. And I feel like there's like an elephant sitting on my chest. Probably not. And so I think I would encourage people who feel like they know their body better than anyone else to keep fighting for the answers that they need when one doctor might be telling them, okay, the answer is you're having this problem. Let's try some medication and to just seek your truth and with the knowledge of your own body. Because I was very close to not doing that, to going on copious amounts of medication for stress for something that I firmly believe and later proved that was not stress. It was a viral infection that was hurting my nervous system. Well, yeah, that is incredible advice to anybody going through something to advocate for yourself and get answers that you feel like are good enough answers for you. So you're you're talking to all these doctors. You moved home eventually, right, yeah. to, to kind of take a minute to, like, deal with this. It was really serious. Yeah. You couldn't play. And what's crazy is, like, if I hurt – if I had an injury that took me out of soccer – I think in some ways it would have been harder because at that point I was fighting for just to be like a day-to-day normal person. And you saw some of this, Sam. Like I would mm-hmm. come over. I had such bad nerve pain in my back. I would sit on mm-hmm. a little don- donut because my sciatica pain was so bad. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it also presented this lesson of gratitude to be grateful for smaller moments. Because I think all three of us at that point, getting coffee, going for walks, like it all felt very secondary to be able to it felt very secondary to the bigger moments we were playing in and striving to be a part of. So I just basically took a step back from all forms of achievement and strove to exist in a healthy way and also figured out at the time like what I wanted. 
And I think in that time realized that I had a second life to live outside of soccer. And this was the, the silver lining was that now it made sense to go live it. So I applied to business school. Sam, I think you were there when I got denied from Harvard. And like it just kind of went through the ups and downs. Do you remember that on the couch? I don't know if I remember that, but now I feel horrible that I don't. No, no, don't. And so I remember we were sitting on the couch. I applied to like all the big titans of business schools. And it was funny while I was going through that application process, all of the lessons I had learned about being grateful just for health fell by the wayside. And I was all of a sudden devastated that I didn't get to har- get into Harvard. Because you wanted this. You were back wanting yeah, this achievement again. Yeah, because like, who cares? It's like I can sit down again. Now, now I want to be sitting down at Harvard Business School. Ended up deciding between, ironically, Chicago Booth and Wharton. And was just like, I think I'm ready to move on from Chicago as a whole and went to Wharton with no idea what I was doing. How long from your diagnosis to or when you started feeling your face twitching to the time you decided I'm going to retire. How long was that? I decided to retire like the way when your nervous system is healing, there's like an initial spike, which is awful. And then I guess like it kind of it come it putters down in waves. Mm -hmm. When I got the second wave in like September or October, seven months later, I basically came to the conclusion that this is going to be a longer fight than I thought. And I think that going back waiting another year basically and then starting to train and going back for what have been what would have been the 2020 or 2021 season just felt too far away when there was a world I was really excited about so I said I'm going to apply to the January deadline for all these business schools and if I get in I'm going to go and I think if not like I had crazy ideas I'm going to start my own real estate company I'm going to go out and try to raise money for my own VC fund but that's kind of what I was thinking do you even though you had this a second world and place and second job were you still scared or nervous or felt like you were mourning soccer yes I just felt like I was mourning my body first like Mm -hmm. my I went from being like at Wharton like when I would work out hard I didn't feel great and what was interesting is I was I spent six months leading up to Wharton morning soccer felt like I was finally at a place where I was a person outside of what I had done my whole life and then I got to business school sorry that's Mabel got to business school and everyone was like, oh, you're the soccer player. And like, no one knows anything at that point. So like in the Wharton world, like whether or not you've sat on the bench for three national games or you've won seven World Cups, like people don't really get it. So they were just like, oh, you played on the national team for 10 years. And I was like, nah, not quite. But you know, <laughs> remember those friendlies in 2015 and 2016? I was there. But, so, but like, so people just, again, like put me on a pedestal of soccer. So that was an, I purposely tried to unwind and tell people like what my story was but at the end of the day I just gave up now people will be like oh are you me and him and I'm like yeah that's me (laughs) yeah we talk a lot on here actually about your identity outside of soccer and how when you go through an injury or when somebody retires you have to re-figure that out who you are what are your relationships like now when this thing that we've done our whole lives is a little bit different and so I feel like that must have been a huge challenge to go through this time to heal physically and then kind of mentally and emotionally be like, okay, I'm done with soccer and then enter into this thing where everybody was like wanting that from you and seeing you as that. And you kind of had to reinsert yourself as that person. Yeah, no, I think it was really tough in the way I figured out the way I tried to navigate it was if people aren't going to let this go, like if I'm going to be this person, I'm going to use it as a trampoline to get the position I want, get the internships I want, and show what I can add to a team. I came into business school. I didn't know what revenue or expenses were. Like, I didn't really know anything. 
and I was competing for finance roles. So I was like, it kind of taught me a lesson that, okay, I haven't done what other people have done applying to the same positions of me, but I've done something else and basically advocated that in two to three months, I could learn the math, but in two to three months, they couldn't, the people I was competing against couldn't learn to go through what I had gone through in Chicago when you're the cone in the set mm -hmm. pieces drill. Yeah. Just like getting metaphorically totally. punched in the face. Yeah. No, that, that makes perfect sense. And that's why they say that athletes are best, the best. They keep saying that. I've never had another job, so I don't know if it's true. <laughs> but you seem like you're saying to me it's true. If I am ever fortunate enough to start my own company or investment fund, I am hiring Division One walk-ons. Those people literally, like, I cannot, I do not have enough positive things to say about Division One walk-ons who just, they carry stuff to the bus they never play. They get up at 5 a.m. They don't complain. And they're just in it for the good of the team and for like an aggressive desire to want to work hard. The walk-on mentality is kind of what I've tried to carry into this next mm. weird world that I live in. That's really cool. It's, you've unlocked a treasure trove, it sounds like. Yeah, dude. I, I might start a recruiting agency called Walk On You and just funnel <laughs> these kids to like Goldman, Bain, BCG. So are you going to start uh, like a, a soccer team as well? Like what's your, <laughs> what, what is your like next big thing that you want to do? People ask me a lot like, oh, the league's taking off. You should come work for the league. You should come to this. It's so tempting because there's nothing like my end goal is like end up for NWSL to thrive. Like I don't want anyone who beat out Lynn Williams for the fifth pick in the NWSL draft. <laughs> To have to sign a $15,000 contract. But I think that I'm much more equipped to help the NWSL if I stay kind of outside of sports for the next, I would say, eight to 10 years and then come back with a tremendous amount of experience to either, I don't know if it means, like my I, my dream would be to, the, to be the majority individual equity owner of a team or be a part of a group that is willing to put Yes, like effort on the line and whatnot, but like bringing either a major financial sponsor or putting a ton of their net worth on the line because they believe that this team is going to thrive. And I, I've always said this publicly, Kara Nortman's like my mentor and my North Star in that because she just, she obviously started Monogram and she just posted a quote basically saying the best way to get the world to pay attention here is for our fund to return, our, our fund to have best in class returns. And getting people like that and Alexis and the people we've seen to come into this world, take their expertise from tech and entrepreneurship and venture capital and pour their heart and soul into women's sports is what I want to do. I'm just eight or 10 years behind them. Why women's sports? Like, why do you think those people and you see the NWSL as a place to put that passion and money into? Like, what is the why for you? Because I don't want anyone, in some ways, I don't want anyone else to be in the position that I'm at. Like, I put in... 26 years of like brutal hard work so have you lynn so have you sam i came out of playing professional soccer and i was working 17 hours a day in goldman investment banking because i had no money like i want people to retire like and i want to be i want like you you guys and like christy to be able to say hey we're not working for five years let us know when you want to take vacation and obviously like, is that an exaggeration yes but like the fact that i had to go I'm in into investment banking because I was like, I need to, like, I want to pay for school, like, and be self-made like self in that way. And I need to set myself up for another future. Like, ideally, it would have been, like, I take my money from women's soccer and put that equity into a team right away. And I just want to open up optionality for female athletes who have given their life to becoming a top 0.1%.
and have that be it. Yeah, I think that first of all, that's incredible stuff. Um, it, I think that the besides the fact of playing forever and thinking about retiring or it being over at one day, the other thing is like, what am I gonna do next? And a lot of athletes don't have the time to figure out what they're gonna do next at the same time as putting their whole heart into being a professional. So I just think that that's incredible. I hope that there are more people out there like you um, who are willing to to help and, and want like a better future for women's sports, um, selfishly women's soccer, because obviously yeah. I'm involved in that. But I just, I do think that that's amazing. Yeah. Um, we are gonna get to the 7v7 tournament that you're doing but before we get to that I want to just ask now that you're playing soccer again how long did it take you to feel like okay I want to get back into I want to start doing 77 tournaments and playing co-ed and all the things my goal was to get to an elite investment fund and the path to do that is you have to go to business school you generally have to do investment banking and then you then then you're eligible for a spot for one of these seats and so I wanted to accomplish that before I focused on soccer because for better or for worse, I convinced myself that it wasn't important and it was a distraction. And I think a common question people ask me in interviews is, what were your grades at BC or what were your grades at Wharton? And I would say like, yeah, like I scraped together a 3-5, but I had the mentality that every hour spent away from soccer was an hour wasted because if you want to be the best in the world at something, you shouldn't have another focus. And this is like more of a controversial opinion, but I still feel that way. So when I wanted to be top in my class at Goldman and then crush the interviews for Anthos and these other funds and then perform like in my first six to 12 months at one of these funds, I didn't feel like going to play soccer at 7 p.m., was something that I had time for or wanted to focus on. But I also think that like mental health matters and longevity matters. And I was getting to a point where I was like, okay, I don't love this for 15 hours a day. I think I love it for 10. So what can I do to like enhance my life? And I got to that point a couple months ago and it was right when the 7v7 tournament kind of popped up. Okay, so you're going to play. You're playing in this 7v7 tournament that Heyo is leading the charge about, and you're playing against teams like Wrexham. Like, tell us more about it. Yeah, well, I think, first of all, I've always thought that when you haven't played soccer in four years, the best place to start is playing against Premier League men. <laughs> <laughs> so the other team, I think the Wolves are submitting a team. LA Galaxy alumni have a team. Duke alumni have a team. So a couple notes on that. First is... It's unclear, like, when the Wolves and Wrexham are sending a team, like, are, is Wrexham sending Paul Mullen? Or is, like, Ryan Reynolds going to throw on a jersey and play for fun? I sincerely hope it's the latter, but, like, we don't know that that's the case. <laughs> Either way, Steph, you just got to go out there and try your hardest, and hopefully you don't break break another piggy. Steph, down. you're doing a scissor move and then a acceleration. Like, I yeah, already your, know. your signature. That's your signature. Give us your signature. Well, this is the thing. My signature was, like, I would say acceleration over five yards. That's kind of gone now. Let's just take it back, like, a step back. Do you know how many times another person has run into me and I've fallen to the ground since I retired? Like, literally once, and it was, like, an accident. So, like, just absorbing impact is, like, something that's new for me. Dude, I, I feel that. Like, after being out with my hamstring last year, there was a lot of times that I'd be like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, I don't know if I want to take this hit but you'll get it back. Yeah. So I think, like, am I faster than the average 30-year-old woman who plays rec soccer? Yeah. But, like, we're playing against Premier League men, so I think i got to find another strategy. 
And I think the only way to do that is to watch Gotham and watch the way they move the ball. Honestly, I think so. Get your notepad out. Yeah. Maybe run. I yeah, think you run. should maybe train as well. I go to I go to Barry's and I play rec soccer and like that's all I have. And I said that to Heo. Heo, I'm so pumped Heo invited me. And I just was like, dude, I'm in. Like, I am so in. This is the challenge I've been looking for. But like, you know, I work at least 12 hours a day and like go to Barry's and play some rec. Like, so just setting the standards. And she was like, yep, we're good. Okay. When and where is this tournament? It is June 1st in North Carolina, and I believe some of the games are going to be on ESPN. I love it. So I I'm like, love it. Ser- this is like a serious tournament. There's a million-dollar cash prize. Wow. Kind of like the Challenge Cup. Kind of like Cup. the Challenge Cup. So so what I'm hoping, I de- like, and I've actually thought about this too, maybe I just have a great TST, win a million bucks, slide into a Challenge What's Cup TST? team. The tournament. It's called TST. Oh. oh. Wait, so, so take that million Get into a Challenge Cup team that's going to win. Right now, that looks like Gotham or probably OL Reign. Make that. Sit on the bench for that. Another million. Because you're getting you're you're demanding the whole purse to yourself. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the youngest one on the team. Teammates be damned. Yeah, yeah. So all right, we we love that stuff. On that note, we are going to come back in just a few minutes, right after this break. Okay, welcome back to Snacks. We're going to play a game. Are you ready? Yeah, it's why, why I came on. <laughs> okay, so one thing people don't know about you is you like to write jingles. Oh, so yeah. we're going to throw out a situation and you're going to write the jingle, like on the spot. All right, fine, but it has to be about Gotham. We do have one about Gotham. Do you have, do you have something prepared for us? Not really. To be honest, I was in a meeting at 12 my time and was kind of preparing and someone was like, what do you think, Steph? And I was like, B, A, oh, wait, sorry. This, <laughs> okay, so let's start with the NWSL. I, they do not have a jingle. We do not have a jingle. Give us an NWSL jingle. I think it would just be something like N, W, S, L. Lynn and Christy make those tickets sell. Go Bats. Go Bats. Go Bats. Can't catch them. Go, go Bats. That was really good. I don't know how you're going to beat it. We have like five more scenarios right. for you. Did you actually just come up with that? Well, how I didn't know that I, that was you were going to ask that question. Oh my dear. Okay, I, can you come up? Can you come up with a World Cup jingle? Sam Kerr is going to bring the thunder. Everyone knows we're going down under. Sammy Vospris, who's going to win? If you get a header, you better not miss. Woo! I hope so Jay's dro- jaw is dropped behind the scenes of this. Yeah. I told him we had jingles coming and I did not expect this. Okay, if the ref makes a bad call, like a bad ref call jingle. Yeah. <laughs> she said, yeah. Um, give me a minute. <laughs> she said, yeah, let me think. All right, ready? I'd say don't don't go too far. I gotta check. V A R V D. Oh, maybe oh. you wouldn't be in it. <laughs> um, speaking of VAR, though, in in your game, Lynn, it was like such a long break. It was like f- it, it was, was like a, so long. That, that's how you scored the latest goal in NWSL history. It, exactly. I think I need to work on the quickest. But I just have a feeling that the ref didn't want to give us the call, so they were just like, yeah, yeah. And then we were like, yeah, but it's it's a handball. Give it. It was a handball. It's so funny because uh, one, our coach was yelling at me and Christy because we were obviously standing right next to the ref 
Yeah. Just while they were uh, watching it, we were like, it's a handball, it's a handball. And he looks over at us and he goes, it's a handball. And we're like, we know. Like, yeah. what else do you want us to do? <laughs> I love. Okay, so Steph, yeah. two more jingles. You're waiting to go into the game and you want the coach to put you in. I'd say, put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Okay. Today. I'm just steal that one. Maybe what's one you want to be in the jingle? Okay, Peanut. Uh, that wasn't the best one. The World Cup one was so far the best, but we need a snacks jingle. No, I want to do one for Gotham, and then I'll do a snacks one. Okay. 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 All right, She's, ready? Yeah. The game's gone rogue. She's taking it over. Do it. B A T S. Everyone knows the bats are the best. Christy to Lynn, we're always going to win. We might be old, but we are Gotham. <laughs> we might be old. <laughs> you guys are kind of old. You guys are kind of old. We are kind of old, but that's all right. Wait, We're experienced. You, you know what? Kevin De Bruyne um, was asked about Belgium's chances in the World Cup, and he just point blank goes, we're pretty good, but we're too old. Yeah. <laughs> Gotham's not too old, but, you, but you're old. Yeah, I like are, how you made um, win rhyme with Gotham. Them. Yeah. That's, I liked that a lot. All that's kind of like um, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, with rhymes that? with like uh mansion a mansion right? mansion in wisconsin, wisconsin. I'm put you in a mansion somewhere in wisconsin <laughs> but that should be your official jingle i agree well we need an official jingle for snacks this could go viral stuff what's your favorite snack is it when lynn is running down the field on the attack or is it in the studio with her and sammy m finn's in the background one stop god no when Maybe's in there too. Little puppy one. Come on, snacks. Our podcast is so fine. Maybe what? Maybe. You guys, I that was great. That's pretty good. It was like really long. Thank you so much for those amazing jingles and thank you so much for being on snacks. Appreciate it, guys. Anytime you need someone, let me know. Uh, we'll just recording. Wait, who's who's next? Who's next coming up? Well, funnily enough, we're recording with Christy on Sunday. And her episode's coming out Thursday, and then your episode's coming out the next Thursday. I have a question. Why is Christy jumping me if I'm recording first? That's ridiculous. Well, Christy's episode, when we first did it, was the most popular episode we've ever had. Wow. And she well, made us have snacks merch that people still wear today. Did you so. give her Did you give her royalties, or did you take, you've got to take the pie? I've done enough. <laughs> <laughs> I help her with her taxes. Yeah. That's her royalty. Remember, yeah. when you guys had, remember when you guys had Sporting Chic? Oh, dude. Yes. R.I.P. Can you give us a chomp, though? <laughs> oh, my God. She was a natural. Okay. So, next week on the podcast is Allie Krieger. Oh, my goodness. I am so excited for this lady. I know. Um, we're going to talk, hopefully, all things mom. It's Mother's Day. And just, you know, talk. She's retiring. It's crazy. So, Tune into that. Um, Sam, one last thing. One random thought. Go on. Yeah, you, you guys, I texted Lynn ahead of this recording, and I said, Lynn, I have horrible news to share on the podcast. It's not serious, so nothing to worry about. Are you, do you think you're, like, ready and prepared to hear about this situation? Yeah, I've been prepared for 49 minutes because you texted me at 8, so. All right, now it's eight, everybody. 49. I have two neck pimples they are on the front of oh. my neck look 
It looks oh, like I was bitten by my. a vampire. Why do I have two neck pimples on my neck? Where Sam, are that earth? is devastating. How does that happen to one? I don't know. Like, I also don't understand pimples in general. I'm like, I'm almost 30. Why am I still getting pimples? I thought this was like a high school thing. I'm so friggin' rattled about the neck pimples. Like, I just, I don't know how to play. Should I wear a scarf? It looks like I have been bitten by a snake on my esophagus. It's so absurd. <laughs> on my esophagus. Put some, like, little ointment. I'm going to put my pimple patches on them, but then I'm just going to have pimple patches on my neck all day tomorrow. Well, it's better than two giant spider bites. <sighs> all right, you guys. Neck pimples aside, don't forget to subscribe to Snacks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snacks is produced by Jay Wolf, Lauren Day, Patrick Cadino, and John Murray. For more great women's sports content, go to JustWomenSports.com and be sure to follow Just Women Sports on all your favorite channels. I'm Sam Mewis. And I'm Lynn Williams, and you've been listening to Snacks. Oh, <laughs>